0: Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying a management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. We have two more levels of the admin scale to cover, and we will have hit at least some of the senior data on each level. Admin Scale, of course, is short for the administrative scale of importances, which is Mr. L. Ron Hubbard's brilliant analysis of the elements that must be in alignment, which is to say agreement, to produce group sanity and optimum expansion and success. We had devoted the past 18 episodes to this subject as we take up each level in sequence, but frankly, this is such an of subject that you could almost say we have devoted much of the over 180 episodes we have released so far in business wise to these levels, whether you were aware of it or not. But in this series, at the request of listeners, we've been tackling these levels one by one and emphasizing the importance of keeping all these levels coordinated with one another. Now, all these terms, alignment, agreement, coordination, harmony is another good one. All these terms, they're not synonymous necessarily, but they should be well understood by you to have success in building a group of any size, really. But the bigger your postulates or your vision is for your group, the more important they become. Important is probably a poor choice of words. One might better say vital. Vital is derived from the Latin word vita, which means life. So, if you want to have a growing, thriving organization and you also want a life, Pay attention to these terms, which I will let you look up on your own. We've cleared most of them, you know, earlier in in earlier episodes, but clear those words yourself, alignment, agreement, coordination, harmony, and pay attention to your admin scale. Create an admin scale and pay attention to it. These are vital. Okay, so we come to the level of statistics And once again, I could easily do a dozen episodes on this subject, but we have covered it many times in BusinessWise, so you can get a lot of vital, there's that word again, data on this by typing in the keyword statistic or statistics in the search bar uh, on our homepage and reviewing those earlier episodes, and I recommend it. Uh, I believe we have successfully avoided repeating ourselves in BusinessWise, so you should supplement what you're learning today, if you can, with those earlier episodes, and that will help you get a better understanding. We'll probably also do at least one more episode on statistics after this one. But anyway, let's get on with this episode. And I want to start by saying that there is a right way to manage a group or organization and an infinite number of wrong ways. The right way is called management by stats, management by statistics. And the wrong way, well, that's everything else. Management by rumor is a definite bust. Management by opinion is a favorite method, and that's for the birds. It doesn't work. And we'll take you straight over the edge, that's for sure. Uh, what else can we talk about? Management by smell. Oh, that's awful. Might work to some degree in a kitchen, but nowhere else. And even in a kitchen, used by itself, will be extremely limited. It is a form of management by observation. And management by observation sounds great. And uh, management by stats is management by observation, actually, as we will go into later. But the problem lies in the limits to one's ability to observe. Managing by observation only, one has to contend with the skill with which individuals can use the technique of, I put this in quotation marks, PR, because I'm using it in its worst sense, public relations, to cover up the fact of no or poor production. That's for one thing. And then there's a the fact that the, the factor of time can be removed from direct observation, and someone can look at a busy scene and go, well, you know, walk away with the idea that that's all under control, but miss the point that the scene was not so busy 10 minutes ago before you got there and probably won't be in another 10 minutes. Uh, in my youth, driving a D1, which was our humorous nickname for a shovel, Since bulldozers at that time were rated, you know, you had a D7, which was a good-sized bulldozer, then you had the D9, which was a monster bulldozer, and so on. Anyway, in my youth, driving a shovel above the Arctic Circle, we spent a little too much time leaning on our D1s, having a cigarette, while someone kept a sharp eye out for our very intense foreman, Walter Berg. Walter, I actually learned a lot from you, so if by some miracle you ever listen to this podcast, let me clear the air and apologize for that, but anyway, the point is... Management by stats is direct observation if you are using them properly and the statistics are correctly worked out and honestly kept and coupled with your eyeballs is the only way to properly manage a group or even yourself. You ever tried to lose weight without a scale? Good luck. Do you think professional athletes attain these incredible levels of skill and fitness without stats? Uh-uh. All right, so first of all, let's make sure we fully understand the term. By the way, I would like to ask any of you listeners tuning into BusinessWise who are serious about implementing the Howard Management System to do me and yourself a favor and flush any other term that will come and go in popularity in the business vernacular, which is just a fancy word for current vocabulary. A rose is a rose is a rose, according to the great author Gertrude Stein. And a statistic is a statistic is a statistic. You don't have to go into agreement with current business fads and call it a KPI, which stands for Key Performance Indicator, or a metric, just to sound cool, and to be in agreement with some other so-called business system, which frankly just probably took data from L. Ron Hubbard in the first place and gave it their own term. Don't think I'm making that up, by the way. There's a tremendous amount of Mr. Hubbard's research and discoveries in management and many other areas of knowledge which can be traced back to his work. I did a whole episode of Business Wise called Setting the Record Straight on b Do, Have, which is episode 41 of volume two. And if you listen to that, you can get one instance of this anyway, but there's a lot of it out there. But statistical management, as Mr. Hubbard developed it, and I can assure you, I can assure you, no one, but no one has come even close to his development of this science has been brought into the general business world and twisted and given another name. But you, the listener, Why not get it from the source? Isn't that a lot cooler than trying to sound like one of the copycats? I think so. Be cool. Go with the original. They are statistics. Anyway, let me get off my soapbox here and let's get down to business by first of all defining the term. Now, there's a lot of definitions Mr. Hubbard has given. These are all from his works. I'm going to go through them pretty quickly because I don't want to stretch out this episode too long. But he says here, the relative rise or fall of a quantity compared to an earlier moment in time. If a section moved 10 tons last week and 12 tons this week, the statistic is rising. If a section moved 10 tons last week and only 8 tons this week, the statistic is falling. That's from 30 January 1966. He also says a number or amount compared to an earlier number or amount of the same thing. Statistics refer to the quantity of work done or the value of it in money. You introduce this idea of time. We're comparing a number from today with a number from this time last week say and that's from 16 december 1965. now listen to this he says it's a tight reality a stable point which is to measure any departure from the ideal scene so now you see that statistics actually relate to the other elements of the admin scale the one that just precedes it is of course ideal scenes ideal scenes as if you've listened to that episode, is really a clean and clear statement of a purpose. So your statistics should measure that you are approaching your ideal scene. In other words, moving in the direction of your purpose. So statistics are incredibly important to work out accurately because they're going to tell you, am I approaching my purposes? Am I approaching my ideal scenes? Am I approaching my goals or not? And they can't be argued with. If you work them out correctly and they're kept honestly and accurately, you can see at a glance, yes, I'm getting closer to my ideal scene. Yes, my ideal scene is 185 pounds. I was 195. I'm 193 today. I am approaching my ideal scene. Say. Just talking about weight now. All right. And that's statistic. But you've got to plot it against time. Uh, Next definition, a positive numerical thing that can be accurately counted and graphed on a two-dimensional thing. Now, I've learned over the years to get a lot smarter about this because I'll ask my members, are you keeping statistics? And they'll say yes. And I'll go, that's strange. You know, it doesn't seem like they're managing by statistics. Yeah, they're keeping statistics, all right. But they're not plotting them on a graph, on a two-dimensional thing. So you can't just look at them. No statistical system that is not graphed is going to give you an accurate picture of what is going on because you can't see the relative rise and fall over time. You have to sort of mentally do it and I can guarantee you it's going to be inaccurate. You'll understand this better as you relate the statistics to what we call the conditions of existence, the operating states of existence that any organization is in. They're always going to be changing. Sometimes you're Affluent, you're doing great. All kinds of abundance, and other times it's scarce, and you're in danger. And statistics are going down sharply. These are different conditions, and you can see them very clearly and predict them. Even more importantly, if you have accurate statistics. Anyway, all right. So uh, on that point, he says the statistic measures directly the relative survival potential of the organism or its part. See, you can use this on an organism. I mean, what's a doctor doing when he's checking your blood pressure or checking your uh, temperature. that He's looking at a statistic that tells him in relationship to another number, maybe the, the mean or the average, it, by the way, is far more useful to the medical doctor if he has two measurements of you, not just against the mean, but looks at your health currently or your statistics or numbers currently compared to an earlier period. So you yourself can plot... Statistics for your own body and your own personal well being. And so he says here, I'll just repeat that definition the statistic measures directly the relative survival potential of the organism or its parts. So you see, okay, good, your blood pressure is coming down into a more normal range. So you're going to survive better. Or, you know, our sales are going up. So we're going to survive better. All right. So it's a measure of survival. Very, very important to understand. And as you continue to study statistics, it, it takes on more meaning. Uh, as we go. Okay. So anyway, then he says the only sound measure of any production or any job or any activity that's from five July, 1970. Yeah. No kidding. Like, you know, salesmen, as much as I value and appreciate salesmen, and there's far too few great salespeople, uh, so they should be respected and treated with respect. They're also very good at selling you at the idea that they're doing great when they're not. And the only thing that measures whether they're really doing great or not are their statistics. Are they eating closes? Do they have the check in hand? Uh, how much in sales did they do this week versus last week? Despite anything they tell you, they can sell you all right. They can sell themselves, but they can't belie a sound measure of their production, which is what a statistic is. Okay. Number seven here, the most direct observation in an org, short for organization, listen to this. The most direct observation in an org or a country is statistics. These tell of production. They measure what is done. Look, you can look with your eyeballs and you can see a busy scene, but do you know the exact scene? The most direct observation is actually the numerical output, their production. That's what really tells you the tale. More than even just looking, uh, you can take another example. We've been using the weight example. The guy's 185 pounds. You've got, you can observe uh, that he is a certain weight and so forth. Could, be a, could look healthy, could not look healthy. But you can't tell if he's making any progress just by looking at the guy. He's got to get on a scale, right? And that will tell... The tail is he uh, decreasing in weight if that's his goal or increasing weight. Maybe he wants to gain weight, but the thing that measures that uh, progress and the survival, if you will, is uh, is the statistic. Okay, Uh, again, listen to this definition: eight a difference between two or more periods in time. So is always comparative. Like I just went over with you, a a number by itself doesn't tell you anything. It's got to be compared to something else. This is the element of time being brought into statistics. It's vital. And it's what makes a statistic so uh, useful is that it's compared to an earlier period. All right. Then uh, last couple of definitions, he says, the independent continuing survey of production or lack of it. That's from 29 February 1972. Last one, a stat actually should consist of volume, quality, and viability. I left that one in there. It's introducing some new concepts getting clever about how to work out statistics that measure viability and quality takes a little bit of uh, uh, looking and thinking, I I have to say. I've done plenty of that in my career, but um, we will maybe tackle that in another episode. Right now, we're talking about volume and quantity. That's the easiest thing to measure usually. All right. So, uh, all right. Now, have we uh, driven this concept home for you? Are you starting to get why it is so critical for you to have A statistical system and graph it weekly. Well, we did an earlier episode on why you use it weekly. And uh, of course, use these statistics to achieve survival and expansion. You get the point? Okay. One of my favorite articles from Mr. Hubbard of all time is called Structure of Organization, What is Policies? Written on the 13th of March, which happens to be his birthday of 1965, And while this article predates his release of the admin scale, which was three December nineteen seventy, he's already closely relating the subject's purposes, policy, and statistics, all three of which are levels of the admin scale, as you know, if you've been studying this, and which you already should have some familiarity with if you've been listening. The context here in this article is that he is discussing a vital element of management, which is how do you choose personnel for leadership, promotion, demotion? dismissal, and so on. Areas where I have seen perhaps the most numerous, greatest, and most devastating, which is to say expensive mistakes ever made in management in my many years of experience working with hundreds and hundreds of different businesses. If you get the message on this today, you will save yourself a lot of agony, I promise you. So, of course, he's talking about expansion, he's talking about survival for organizations, and he says, there must be ways of choosing personnel other than by sloppy rumor or social presence. Personnel can only be chosen on raw statistics supported by ample data containing figures. If the raw data is good, then one assumes that basic purpose is being forwarded as it is meeting with success. The raw data already has a curve in it as it is tabulated against the success of basic policy. So your statistics have to measure progress towards purposes and implementation of basic policy. That's some of the guidelines for working out your statistics. So he goes on to say this. So the person whose raw data is good must have been forwarding basic purpose. Therefore, must be either a screaming genius at originating ideas that forward the basic purpose or a wizard at knowing, applying, and following policy. Either way, he or she is worth all the diamonds of Kimberly. Such a person will inevitably rise in the organization or group if raw data alone is observed in selecting and promoting personnel. You get this? Use statistics. Should I hire? Should I fire? Should I come or should I go now? It's all about raw data statistics. Okay. He says, if the person is a screaming genius at originating policy and has not made enough errors to reduce his successful raw data and has stayed on policy otherwise, so as not to reduce the effectiveness of those around him, he will eventually rise to a level which makes policy and the whole organization will benefit, so statistics are going to tell you this guy's either a genius of following policy or he's just a genius at coming up with new policy. The thing that tells you whether he's a genius or not or whether he's really helping the organization, of course is a statistic. so if he's great at originating ideas and policy, well he'll rise to the point where he will be an originator of policy in your organization. He will contribute to the creation of new ideas and policies and strategies and the higher levels of the scale, uh, but only if you operate on the raw data, on the statistics. All right. He goes on to say, similarly, a person who grasps and follows policy very well and forwards a basic purpose well, and who is very capable will sooner or later rise to a position of trust that safeguards against sweeping changes that will retard or crash the group or organization, and so is vital at higher levels. So these two categories, you got these guys who are very clever at originating policy, and do tend to follow policy, right? And then you got the guys who are just, they're tenacious at following policy. Either one of those two categories are going to rise in the organization. Why? Because you're watching their statistics. You're watching the raw data. You're saying this guy should be promoted. And now you've got people you can trust. Big deal right now in the business community is trust. I don't know if I can trust him. I don't know if, I, you know, how do you find out who to trust? I can tell you who to trust look at their statistics. It'll tell you they're following policy or they're originating policy and they're otherwise, you know, sustaining policy in the organization. They will rise. They're accomplishing your purposes. Those are the guys you can, you can trust. You can start to trust. He goes on to say, out of these two general types of being, one gets the leadership levels of a movement but they will never arrive at all if those in charge ever use anything but statistics and judging them since their very success will cause enough cabal. What's a cabal? A cabal is like a, a, a secret little clique or a faction that, you know, hey, you want to be, you know, a successful member of the group and you want to create new ideas and you want to create expansion Trust me, there's going to be cabal set against you. There's going to be rumors about you. There's going to be gossip about you. And there'll be efforts to influence high levels against you in most organizations, unless you have an extremely sane one and you weeded out all that rubbish. You better just go with stats. Don't listen to anybody. So he says, but they will never arrive at all. If those in charge ever use anything but statistics and judging them, since their very success will cause enough cabal to influence high levels against them, if these high levels ever use fragmentary rumors or opinions in handling personnel. Raw data, this is Mr. Hubbard's words, raw data means assembled but otherwise unevaluated data. It is uncooked and unflavored and untouched by human hands. It, in short, is uncontaminated or unchanged data. It is native and natural and unspoiled. And the only data that answers those qualifications is statistical data. How many, or how few, and how much, or how little, in what time. That is the only data that a senior official in a group, organization, or state ever dare use in selecting and promoting personnel. The state of the person, quote-unquote state of the person, the result of his tests, the examination figure are all Useless to a senior official deciding upon who to promote or pass over. His decision will be wrong in exact proportion. Listen to Mr. Abbott here. His decision will be wrong in exact proportion that he permits opinion to enter and raw data to drop out. Then he gives some beautiful, glorious examples. I love this. He says introducing opinion into personnel selection is a study of how crazy can one get, how much liquor a man can hold. How acceptable socially is his wife? His breath, his taste and ties are all completely disrelated data. How about that? For how does anyone know at the top, really, what the environment is now like at the bottom? Maybe that lovely music room, boardroom requires a pink necktie, a purring wife, and endless capacity for drink. But is that the organization's environment? It is not. Maybe the organization's environment demands an allergy to liquor, a complete tart for a wife, overwhelming breath, and neon ties. And maybe tomorrow's board level will too. The world changes. It does not become softer. Only some people do. These are Mr. Hubbard's words. I have a great example of that. I, we just started a new organization that's delivering Hubbard management, and uh, they're hiring... Uh, salespeople, and uh, they hired this uh, a young salesman, relatively young salesman, who's, uh, you know, I, I, I took one look at him and I figured, well, you know, might be good, but he needs a haircut, you know, he needs to uh, get a suit, uh, you know, we're going to have to polish him up a little bit. Uh, fortunately, I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say a word. He's a terrific guy, by the way, and he's going out there and he's knocking it out of the park every single day. And I was like, oh my God, many of you know me that, you know, I'm seldom seen without a suit and tie. You know, I know that's getting a little, uh, old fashioned perhaps, but that's just the way I've always been. And will probably always be, but nonetheless got to stay tuned for what are people, the public that this particular individual is selling to obviously his, uh, mock-up, the way he's created himself and set himself up is very, very acceptable to them. And he's doing fantastic. So, you know, you just can't tell you that that was my opinion. And I had enough good sense not to say anything. And uh, which is not always the case, I might say. So uh, yeah, I mean, we all have to listen to these lessons. All right. So he goes on to say here, he says, the psychiatric or school test alike are written and administered by people in ivory towers who, again, have no contact with the organization's real environment, statistical as they may try to be, such tests are utterly worthless. They are not on-the-job statistics. They are classroom or laboratory statistics. They are definitely cooked data. And when used for personnel and promotion, they cook a lot of careers. And by putting eggheads on post, they cook a lot of parts of an org, if not the whole thing. They have some small value in determining someone's quickness or slowness, but the conditions are too unreal and the necessity level of real environmental emergency is missing. It's like a plane crash. Again, this is Mr. Hubbard. It's like a plane crash synthesized in bed, no jolt. So poor, but not the worst of cooked data. So there are values and tests and many of my members use tests, and and they should, but do not use tests alone. Compare that to statistical data. It will tell you information about uh, quickness and accident proneness and various different things, but the the raw data is the statistical data, not the tests. Mr. Harper goes on to say this, maybe the working environment demands a dumb guy who is too slow to panic at awesome futures, yet bright enough to see what policy applies. When men with small experience in it can qualify to run the world, they can only then administer tests to advise who should run it. I would say that Mr. Robert is making a very good point here. We have eggheads thinking they know what they're doing running the world. It's a disaster. All right. Only statistics that represent action and accomplishment are fair tests of ability and who deserves promotion or the gate. Therefore, the only organization that is a sound organization is one whose every activity can be tabulated by statistics that's capitalized whose every activity is capitalized every aspect of your organization should have a statistic every individual in it should have a statistic it's the only fair way to gauge performance and whether they should be promoted or or validated or demoted or gotten rid of or corrected all right he goes on to say If you wish to reorganize, you must do so with an eye toward can this post, department, or division be staticized? Any body of people, such as the typing pool or the instructors, must be broken down to individuals one way or another. One has three things then that must be tabulatable A, the individual, B, the part, and C, the whole. You get that? Everybody's got a statistic, the whole organization has a statistic. Every section of that organization has a statistic. Do you understand? Okay. Each of these must be so organized as to be capable of being seen through accomplishment or lack of it. Only this is fair organization. All other types are unfair, will not select out leaders or good workers and subject these to the turbulence of the lazy or those with other philosophies to fry. If you have any other type, Again, these are Mr. Howard's words. If you have any other type, people are promoted or fired by rumor, backbiting, or common brag, and either type have only liability. And using them, one destroys empires, and every great civilization that is dead died because opinion and rumor were the key causes of personnel changes. Doesn't that tell you something about our modern governments and... Favoritism and nepotism, and you just have an insane—it's an insane wagon train heading right off the cliff, being run by a bunch of lunatics who don't keep statistics and don't pay any attention to them and don't make their decisions based on the statistics that are measuring the survival of that country, government, civilization, company, family—doesn't matter. Those statistics, if they honestly reflect progress. Implementations of policy and and progress towards the ideal scene and progress towards the purposes of the organization, you've got it. It's like flying a jumbo jet with accurate gauges. Try and imagine you are flying a jumbo jet without those gauges you're gonna crash sooner or later. That's a big operation. You might be able to ride a bicycle without gauges but not fly a jumbo jet, okay? so Put in your statistical systems, pay attention to them, keep them accurately, keep them often, weekly minimum. Uh, we did a whole earlier episode on that. I remind you of that. But uh, I'll close today's episode with this final sentence from Mr. Hubbard because it sort of sums it up. It's not the whole reference. It's a very long reference. But this sentence uh, will close this particular episode. He says, It is unfair to every decent staff member to have an org that cannot be tabulated by relative income, work, or traffic. All right, let that be a lesson to you. Hope you got the importance of this. Uh, as I said before, well, I, I will certainly do at least one more episode on statistics, probably only one more, but there we could dwell on the subject for quite a while, and I would also recommend listening to earlier episodes. It's a very important subject. It can, There's probably no level of the scale that can mislead you more effectively than the statistics that you're keeping or the lack of them. So anyway, that wraps it up for today. Uh, thank you very, very much for listening. Please do leave us your comments and uh, give us a like if you liked what you learned. And uh, we'll talk again next week.